You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Very good evening to you and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan, back with you tonight after a break and I hope you enjoyed last week's Food on the Edge special with guest presenter Manuela Spinelli. Coming up on the programme this evening, I'll be talking to Georgina Campbell from the infamous Georgina Campbell's Guides about the Board Be It Just Ask campaign and finding out about the latest winner. We're going to be heading north to hear about the Causeway Coast and Glens Food Network from Joanne McLaughlin. Rainbow trout farmer Mag Kerwin from Goatsbridge in Kilkenny will be celebrating the launch of her cookbook, Fishwives, in aid of Hospice Africa, Uganda. I'm out and about at the BBC Good Food Show and chat to barbecues about Ruby Blue Vodka. And finally, at the end of the programme, Noel Keane will give us an insight into what we can expect from the 2016 Listowel Food Fair, which starts this Thursday and runs until Monday. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation and it is always fantastic to hear from you. So do please get in touch. So my first guest this evening heads up Ireland's leading independent hospitality guide. Georgina Campbell joins us tonight to tell us all about the Board Be It Just Ask initiative and to reveal the winner for October. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Georgina, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. Thank you very much, Sharon. It's great to be back with you. Well, let's start with what exactly is the Board Be It Just Ask initiative? Well, uh, this started out in uh, 2009 and uh, it's really intended to recognise restaurants all across the country that demonstrate the best practice both in sourcing local produce and profiling their suppliers on their menus. I think that's extremely important. It's a communication issue. Because often we as diners do have lots of questions whenever we're in restaurants and it is extremely frustrating when you ask a server a question about a dish and they're not able to answer it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, put simply, this uh, this competition is simply, you know, to, to recognise those restaurants that do, uh, you know, that on the menu, that explain everything on the menu. But in fact, it goes much deeper than that. And training staff is a great part of that is a very important part of that uh, so I think that although you can sum it up very neatly uh, by saying that it's all to do with the menu the menu if you like is the tip of the iceberg and underneath that uh, then there's a whole philosophy of food and a whole philosophy of working with staff and working with the public so uh, you know it's all to do with an enriched dining experience and supporting local produce local producers and also uh, the board beer uh, uh, certified uh, producers as well. Yeah, I think you've touched on something very important there about communication and training because it's all very well a chef in a kitchen going out and getting the best ingredients from producers on a local level, but if he doesn't communicate that or she doesn't communicate that to the team so that they can communicate it then to the diner, there's not really that much point in it, is there? No, and I think a lot of chefs overlook that. I think that you know there's a huge number of chefs all around the country doing the right thing. Uh, in terms of sourcing correctly, and they take great pride in doing that. Uh, but as you say, if you don't share that uh, with your customers, uh, then you know not only are you missing a link uh, in the whole dining experience, uh, but you're actually 
in a way, taking something away from from your customers as well. I mean, a thing that I always think really about uh, about expressing uh, your philosophy of food through your menu is that if you think about this just from outside the country, who perhaps don't know the areas that they're dining in, you know, it's different if it's your own restaurant that's down the road and you you know a lot about what's going on. It's instinctive. Uh, but if you're coming in from outside, in a way, uh, a really good menu that explains all these things and explains the pride uh, that the owners or the chef take in this relationship with suppliers. Uh, that's, it's kind of like giving this as a passport to the local community. You know, it, it, it is a really richly uh, enhancing experience for diners. And it is also a great PR and marketing opportunity for the recipients of the of the award. Oh, it is absolutely. Now, one of the things uh, that happens, and my particular involved with this, I've I've been involved with the Just Ask campaign uh, right from the beginning, and I'm very proud to be uh, involved. Uh, one of the things is that we put up on our monthly easing, uh, we do a, you know a, a full sort of expose of the uh, of the restaurant involved, and uh, then apart from that, there are all sorts of other. And marketing initiatives that uh, that Board Beer undertake, one of which is this wonderful map, uh, which I expect you've probably seen. Uh, if you go to their website, uh, boardbeer.ie, uh, you'll find uh, on the Just Ask page a lot of information about Just Ask, and one of the most interesting things will be the map, which was introduced a few months ago. And clicking on the map, uh, you know your um, your di- your diners, your your local if your your local restaurants that are involved with the Just Ask, which have been winners, uh, will pop up on the map. Uh, so you know it's a great way if you're visiting an area, uh, just to find somewhere that is is going to be exceptional. And the thing is that the winners, although it's a competition for uh, for people who are really exemplary in the way that they do their menus and it is a menu competition it's not a review uh nevertheless uh the places that are selected will always have that extra layer they're going to be great restaurants as well they do everything great on paper but they'll follow through in the kitchen as well well if it started in 2009 so that's seven years ago there must be a lot of restaurants then around the country that have the award and certainly you'd like to think are making it obvious to diners that they have it yes and i think that's really why the map kicked in this year because there are over 65 winners now so you know the no no matter where you go in the country there's a fair chance that you'll find one of these just ask winners uh, near where you're going uh, so, you know, it, it, it's really building up. It was taken on board very enthusiastically by a lot of chefs. And I think, the, you know, the, it's nice that the public are involved. Uh, it's a two-way thing. So it works in to, doubly that both the restaurants can apply to be involved if they'd like to do that. Or if you're a diner and you admire what's going on in a restaurant, you think that it meets the criteria, which you'll find on the Board Beer website. Uh, then, you know, you, you can actually promote them, you promote your, your favourite restaurant. Fantastic. And I'm delighted that Limerick has a good track record with 1826 Adair and Sash Restaurant in Limerick City in yes. One Perry Square, the hotel there. Yes, absolutely. And indeed, there would be others in Limerick that would be eligible. Uh, so I would suggest that, you know, both the restaurant, restaurateurs and the chefs and also diners in the region, you know, would have a think and, you know, think, you know, who are we missing out on? Because I'm sure there are plenty more. Well, tell us then about the October winner. Yes, now the October winner is a very unusual one. Actually, one of the things that I should say about Just Ask is that the range of winners 
that we've had over the years is extremely diverse. You know, there's everything from um, from absolutely top leading restaurants uh, to pubs or um, you know or casual sort of daytime restaurants, cafes, that kind of thing. Uh, for instance, uh, one of the uh, uh, recent uh, restaurants of the year, the Just House Restaurants of the Year, uh, was uh, Rua in Casabar, which is, as you know, it's a shop and a restaurant. So that that makes it you know a very interesting sort of combination. But the one for October. Now, it's, it's completely different, and it's very unusual because actually it, there are two restaurants involved. Uh, it's Marlfield House and the Dutch Terrace Restaurant at Gorey County Wexford. And uh, anyone who's visited there recently will find uh, that it's not only now the very grand Marlfield House, a special occasion destination, but the Duck Terrace Restaurant opened uh, last year. And now that they, they actually have the, the two uh, experiences to offer, both the fine dining in the house and the more casual, uh, informal atmosphere in the Duck Terrace restaurant. Uh, but the uh, philosophy, which uh, is common to the two of them, uh, you know, has been there since the, the house uh, first opened. And uh, that is something which is absolutely special to both restaurants. And so it, it's something which continues through from generation to generation. It's a second-generation house now. And it, originally, it was all based around their garden, which it still is to a great extent. One of the great pleasures of a Marfield house is that when you're sitting in either restaurant, you're very close to the garden. And that garden is extremely productive. So in the summer, um, a lot of the fresh vegetables, herbs, and the fruit uh, that are on the table in both restaurants, both the fine dining and the informal restaurant, the Duck, uh, will actually come from just outside your window. And you'll often see people out, you know, tending the gardens while they're eating as well. And it's lovely to look around the gardens before or after your meal. So that's, you know, in a way, the, you know, the on-site expression uh, of the philosophy of the house. And then that is built on, of course, out of season. They get um, uh, other vegetables and so on, uh, for, you know, from other suppliers because they, they, their own garden can't supply all year. Uh, so they'll be getting produce from people like Cullens and Keelings. And uh, also, of course, down the road, Greensbury Farm, very famous um, uh, strawberry farm just down the road in Gorey, uh, also supplements their own produce. Uh, and then th- there are the very important meats and so on. I mean, this started off very much as a promotion of Irish meats. And that was really what was in the in the minds of uh, of the people in Bordbeer uh, when they first started this initiative. That they wanted uh, to be sure that people were going to support Irish meat, and also uh, to make sure, of course, that it was quality assured meat. Uh, so the idea is to support both the the small local suppliers, the you know the the artisan producers, and the quality assured bigger producers. And so, in the case of uh, Marlfield. Um, they have Slaney Valley meats um, for the beef and lamb. And then there's O'Neill's in Enniscorthy, who are very famous uh, for their bacon. Uh, they're actually an Irish Food Writers Guild um, award winner for their bacon. And then they get Glen Valley chicken from Shannonvale in County Cork. And then, of course, there's the seafood, uh, the seafood from Duncannon, Fish and Kilmoggy. And um, then they have, of course, the beautiful Wexford Creamery uh, dairy products as well, and Cologne Farm. So, you know, those are the ones that they name on the on the menu, and of course, they will vary a bit from time to time, uh, depending. You know, you might change a supplier or add one or take one off for a particular reason. Uh, but th- that would be the backbone of the supplier list for that um, for that establishment for both the fine dining restaurant and for the Duck. And you know, it 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 just it gives you great confidence as a diner 
seeing that kind of a list and that it's stated with pride. And I think diners should be encouraged to ask questions, to ask where it comes from, to maybe ask what a particular item is, because sometimes there are items listed in a dish that you've never heard of before or you're not familiar with and you shouldn't feel shy or embarrassed about asking what yes, is that? absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I must admit, I, I can imagine that staff sort of tend to want to run when they see me coming because I have so many questions. But I think a lot of people are asking the questions now and that's really good. Um, but as you mentioned at the beginning, uh, one of the difficulties is that staff don't always know the answers. And there's nothing more frustrating than asking. You're looking at the menu, trying to decide what to order. And, you know, you ask what is, a, is such and such. And the, the answer comes, I'll have to go into the kitchen and ask. And that, you know, it's a great sign of good staff training uh, when the staff are taking, a, a taking in a, a equal, an equal interest uh, in the suppliers and that they really know the menu. Well, thanks so much for coming on and sharing details about that with us. You're going to come on every month now and tell us about each winner. So you'll be back in a few weeks' time to tell us about the November winner. In the meantime, the Board BIA website is the best place to go, isn't it, for people yes, to get more it information? It is, both for, both for listener information, uh, for, you know, for diners uh, who would like to find out more about it, and also for restaurants that would like to uh, see whether they uh, could apply to be considered as a monthly winner. Okay, great. Brilliant. Thanks so much for that, Georgina, and we'll talk to you again in a few weeks. Thank you very much, Sharon. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Thanks again to Georgina Campbell and Georgina's website is ireland-guide.com and it's a mine of information regarding hotels, restaurants, producers and lots more so do look it up. Still to come tonight, Rainbow Trout farmer Mike Kerwin from Goatsbridge in Kilkenny will be celebrating the launch of her cookbook Fishwives, which has been written in aid of Hospice Africa, Uganda. I'm out and about at the BBC Good Food Show and chat to Barbara Hughes about Ruby Blue Vodka. And finally, at the end of the programme, Noel Keane will give us an insight into what we can expect from the 2016 Listowel Food Fair, which starts this Thursday and runs until Monday. Next, though, we're heading north to an area that's very close to my heart. I came across the Causeway Coast and Glens Food Network recently, and Joanne McLaughlin joins us on the line now to explain what exactly it is. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Joanne, thanks for taking the call this evening. You're very welcome, Sharon. Lovely to chat to you. You're all the way up there on the North Antrim coast, so you must explain to us what is the, and I have to say it right, the Causeway Coast and Glens Food Network. Well, the Causeway Coast and Glens Food Network is a collective of food and drink producers, farmers, chefs, and the wider food and drink industry in the Causeway Coast and Glens. And together, um, it is funded by the Causeway Coast and Glens Borough Council. Um, managed by them, that would be me. <laughs> and uh, we're all together very passionate about the produce that is grown, made or served in our area. For those then who are not familiar with the geography of the North Antrim coast, is it all coastal or what area does it does it stretch from? It, it starts, if you're coming from, say, Donegal direction and then you pass the city of Derry Airport, you're just coming into Arbora, starting with Valley Kelly, leading right through to... Limavady, then Coleraine, Portrush, Port Stewart, Port Ballantrae, uh, Ballycastle, Bushmills, right through to Cushion Doll, and then it goes as far inland as K 
Kilray, Garva and Ballymunny. So it's that whole northern hinterland there. So um, a northern coastal area. Um, really, yeah. So there's lots of new places there that have really put that area on the map in terms of places to eat and dine, such as Harry Shack on Port Stewart on that beautiful Port Stewart Strand beach there. Yes, oh, it's a real mecca for visitors. Um, Harry Shack in particular. Um, I think the uniqueness of its space, there's the, the views are second to none. And the food is, is excellent to match. And all those raw ingredients then that you have there, because I know myself, having met you in Belfast recently at the BBC Good Food Show, you had a stand there with some products that I'd be very familiar with, such as the Broider Gold rapeseed oil. And then you'd some, I, I think they're newer, very original or novel products, like there was a seaweed pesto there. Yes, um, we're, we're very fortunate up in these coastal parts that we've got the... Um, Rathland Island and the the company there is Islander Kelp and what they produce is a lovely blended pesto using seaweed products and also the um, a noodle version as well of the pest of the of seaweed which um, is an, 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 not like you would expect it's not a salty product and it's, it's it's a beautiful beautiful product and then we've got the first in Northern Ireland of the quail farms so we've got quails meat and quail's eggs, um, which has a big, big attraction up in the area too. We've also got an exceptionally good goat farm. Um, the, the, the male goats would have otherwise been um, euthanized at birth, whereas here the, the meat is used. Um, so that goat and quail and other game went in season. And as well, obviously, being on the coast, we have that beautiful range of seafood um, from the various ports. How many members have you got at the moment? Because you're mentioning lots of different products there. I know there's lots yeah. of different restaurants. So you must have quite a number of people in the, the network at the moment. Yes, um, Sharon, we would have upwards of 100 um, individual members, whether they are a small producer, a farmer or a restaurant or a restaurant manager or indeed the chef themselves would be members. We have a very active Facebook group of over 200 members, but... I would say close to 100 of them would be individuals that you would call a, a, an official member as such. Not that it's free to join. There's no, you just have to be within the borough. Um, that's, the, that's the only condition given the name. And your latest initiative then is Restaurant Week, which starts this Saturday, the 12th of November. Yes, it does. It's, um, it's our, the inaugural um, Cause of Coast and Glens Restaurant Week in partnership with our tourism colleagues and it runs from the 12th to the 20th. So it's a nine days to showcase our vibrant restaurant scene across the entire borough. You know, we have this growing reputation for food experiences and we're offering various theme nights, food tours, taster menus, very, very best of local and seasonal produce, as well as fine wines and artisan eels. Um, with some of the things we have in the menu, we have the Game of Thrones theme menu, a Danny Boy tasting menu. We've even got a Turkish night Spanish night, French night, gin pairing, lots, there's lots on the menu for, for everyone to try um, across those nine days. And if people want to get more information about the, the programme and the schedule, where can they go to get that? Um, they can visit us online at visitcausewaycoastandglen.com forward slash restaurant week where they can download the entire programme. Now, before you go... Congratulations, because you've been nominated for Woman of the Year in the local awards. Tell us a bit about that. Um, a number of producers, chefs, decided among themselves 
to nominate me as in the local bu- local women business awards for um, their woman of the year and um, to, on, on account of my efforts on the Food Network this year and um, I'm, I, oh, I'm I'm blown away. I'm delighted. I, I this is I just love I love my job and um, I'm I'm absolutely flattered that they saw fit to nominate me and and to get shortlisted to the final six is just such such an honour among such other great ladies I'm sure Well I'm sure you'll do very well at that Joanne because you are one of these people that I had heard about before I'd met you and I'd heard about you obviously because of all the good work that you're doing in the food arena in the North Antrim coast oh, Thank you very much Well I say it's, it's they're a lovely group of people to work with it's a lovely area to work with I'm very proud of the area we're, we're in and um, very passionate about what I do and I say foodie destinations maybe on the cards in a few years time but um, you know not not immediately but that that would be what it would be the, the five year plan as they say. And where do you think this passion for food came from? Did you grow up in a farm or in that type of business? Um, I No I didn't grow up in a farm at all um, far from it. I, I think I was fascinated when I went to Australia for a year I wrote kept a diary for the year and I looked back on it and I realised I didn't really write much about the geography it was all about the restaurants I visited and I realised you know, that my most stark, striking memory is still about a porterhouse steak I had in Melbourne as opposed to lying on the beach in Melbourne so I don't know I think it's just something I've always I just always had a passion for food as my waistline will show <laughs> Yeah I think many of us have that complaint whenever it comes to the passion for the food and the food industry well, And con- wine of course of course, yes. Well, we always need something to wash it down. Oh, Wouldn't yes. be right if we didn't. <laughs> well, congratulations being nominated and best of luck now on the 19th of November. We'll be keeping an eye out to see how you get on with that. Well, well thank you very, very much, Sharon. It's very nice. Thank you. And of course, Restaurant Week starts this Saturday, the 12th of November. It runs until the 20th of November and you are great on Twitter there so they can follow you on Twitter, CCAG yeah. and Facebook page and the, the website and everything so people should log yeah. on and get all the details and support yeah. that Sharon thank you very much it's been a pleasure talking to you and you Joanne enjoy the rest of your evening you're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. So far on the show tonight, Georgina Campbell from the infamous Georgina Campbell's Guides told us about the Board Be It Just Ask campaign. And just before the break, we heard about the Causeway Coast and Glens Food Network from Joanne McLaughlin. Still to come tonight, I'm out and about at the BBC Good Food Show and chat to barbecues about Ruby Blue Vodka. And finally, at the end of the programme, Noel Keane will give us an insight into what we can expect from the 2016 Listowel Food Fair, which starts this Thursday and runs until Monday. But before that, we're going to hear about a new cookbook. It was launched at the recent Saver Kilkenny Festival and Mike Kerwin, who is a rainbow trout farmer with Goatsbridge in Kilkenny, is on the phone now to tell us all about it. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Mike, congratulations on the launch of your cookbook, Fishwives. Thank you very much, Sharon. Yeah, we're very excited about it. How did you come up with the idea? I believe there was a bit of Northern Irish inspiration there. <laughs> well, actually, I opened a, a, a cookbook from 
a fantastic um, uh, restaurant here from the Moran Seafood. Um, and on the back page in the index, they had actually featured one 12 recipe, which I was happy about. But unfortunately, when I opened up the page, they had made a mistake. They inadvertently used salmon instead of trout. So I was giving out to myself and saying, listen, I'm fed up with this. This is crazy stuff. So I decided I would stop moaning and complaining about it and do something. And there then I decided I would produce my own book. Because trout is your passion. That is what you farm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I married into a business 25 years ago. Um, this year, actually, this month. And um, I'm a biochemist. Met my fifth husband in UCD. He was studying engineering. I was studying biochemistry. And um, he went back to the family business, which was established in 1962 after he finished college. And I eventually followed my heart and came back to Kilkenny to become a fishwife. Exactly, exactly. And you haven't looked back. No, no, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I'm just, I just think I'm blessed every day. I think I work in a very, very dynamic industry. Agriculture is very, very exciting. Obviously, my background is important. I love the business element of it. I really believe we have a fantastic product. Um, I think it's a forgotten fish. And what I'm trying to do really is gain respect for what for, for that product and try to educate the consumer in you know, the health benefits, uh, show people what a fantastic, tasty, versatile fish it is, in fact. You know, we have quite a number of trout farmers in, 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 the, in the island of Ireland. We have three or four in the north and ourselves and one other in the south. So um, we're all producing a fantastic product, I believe. I'm a huge fan of your product and I love the way you, you have used it to make different things and you market it in different ways. Just tell us about the few different products that are in your range. Okay, I suppose, well, well, I suppose the majority of our products at the moment is fresh fish. We've been going very, working very hard trying to develop and grow the sale of fresh trout in the Republic. And we've, we've grown that market share from being the, the 14th, 15th highest selling fish in the fresh fish countries to being the 7th now in the last 5 or 6 years, so making lots of products. But I suppose it's very difficult to brand yourself on the fresh fish um, counter. So about five or six years ago, we developed uh, a barbecue smoked trout. And um, we also, in, in the last couple of years, we now have a cold smoked trout. We produced Ireland's first ever trout caviar, um, which, which, you know, which, which has been a fantastic jaw opener for us. We also now produce um, an, an award-winning smoked trout patty. And um, we also have an ambient product, which is a king trout. And in the last... Four days we launched on today, and um, we launched our new flaked trout, and um, in a range of three, three different flavors. One is plain. We've got a chili flavor and a lemon flavor. So we're, we're yeah, we're quite, we're starting to, I suppose, produce a product in a user-friendly form, trying to help the consumer and um, uh, educate them, you know, and make give them the product that's in a, in a user-friendly and versatile form that they can actually just use it in their everyday. And um, I suppose convenience is also very important. They sound like really fantastic products and I personally am a huge fan of the pate. I love it. I can't get enough of it and I love it whenever I go to the different food festivals and you're always there with your fantastic truck and you're always doing some sort of a deal three for the for the price of two or three for the price of for, for 10 euros or something like that. And you have you, you have told me that Super Value is a stockist of the pate. Yes, yeah, Super Value and Don Stores actually. Don Stores have been very supportive and, and as well as uh, Super Value. You know, so we, we do actually stock our cold smoke products in Tesco. Um, and obviously all our other products are available in all the special shops right around, um, especially in Dublin. So 
I suppose we're trying to what we're trying to do now is over the next twelve months what I'll be doing is focusing very much on in, in increasing that market share, making sure the product is accessible, you know, all over the country. Um that's 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 the next big job or challenge as I say. So your book then, Fishwives, which you have done for charity and you've got lots of contributions from celebrities all over the island of Ireland. Are those recipes all trout recipes or are they fish-related recipes? It's funny you'd ask that. You know, I asked people from all walks of life, people like, you know, Mary Harney, Olivia O'Leary. I also asked people like Jureen Allen, Claude McKenna, all food bloggers, you know, friends, family, nutritionists, I suppose. I, I asked them basically for their favourite fish recipe. And I suppose the fact that I, a trout farmer, was asking that, that, that asking, you know, a lot of them may come back with, with the trout recipe. Not all are trout. About 70 of the 78 recipes are, are trout, which could in fact be used for other fish species as well. And about 8 of the recipes are non-trout, which could be used, you know, as well. So, yeah, so we have, we have 78 recipes in total. So there must have been a huge amount of work pulling this all together when you were getting contributions from different people because then they come in in different formats. Did you have to edit them? Did you have to test the recipes? What way did you organise it all? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I suppose, first of all, we are working with a fantastic design agency called Slater Design, based in Dublin. They also have an office in Belfast. And, and you know, I was very specific. I suppose we're very specific about our brand and trying to, I suppose, make it memorable and, and meaningful. But... Um, I actually put out the request. I asked people to give me their favourite fish recipe. I asked them to send me a digital picture of the, of the recipe because I wanted to make sure that they actually had cooked it and it wasn't something they just picked from a book. I asked them to send me a profile picture of themselves and a profile of themselves. So obviously, once we got all that information, I'm a great girl in, in, in working in Goldsbridge called Denise Walsh, who project managed it. And she worked with Clayton Design and Sinead, who works within that company um, on, our, on our key account. And uh, we, we set about, I suppose, editing it. But yes, we did actually go to studio um, up in Dublin with, with a, 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 a photographer called Joe Murphy, who's the best in the industry as far as I'm concerned. And she worked alongside um, a food stylist called Oren Elegan. And, and they had their own chef. So we actually reproduced all the recipes in studio over the course of four or five days. So we actually tested the recipes ourselves. And we also were very, very, um, I suppose, um, fussy about the style and the quality of the photograph as well, which, you know, people leave with their eyes. So this book, and the end result, is something that's really, really, um, it's, it's, it's really hot, top quality and something we're very, very proud of. And, um, and yes, we've kept it all the recipes. You know, it's very difficult when you're compiling books from many, many different people, and, and you know, to have the consistency and to have it, you know, have the profession result, end result, is, is not that easy. So we have to be very, very careful, you know. And you turned it around in a fairly short space of time. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned the charity. I mean, okay, my sister, I have ten kids in my family, and my mother's a great woman. But and one of my sisters is a journalist, and she, you know, ex-Irish Times, you know, has achieved a lot in, in, in print media. But about two years ago, two and a half years ago, she started to work through some work with hospice in Ireland first of all, and then for the last eight months in, in Uganda, when she went out to work for four weeks and ended up staying eight months. So, um, you know, so I suppose um, the book. I suppose it, in, on the 22nd of June I rang my sister Maureen who was, who was in Uganda and I said Maureen I'm going to write a cookbook and she said yeah that's great I said I have an idea and she, she said okay another idea and I said but I'd like to um, I'd like Goldfish would like to fund the cost of producing the book but I want to give every single penny for the book to Hospice Uganda to your charity and she was kind of stunned and, and absolutely thrilled and, but did say to me Maureen Margaret she said 
I read the book. I know what it takes. There's no way. You need at least a year. And of course, I thought to myself, what is she talking about? <laughs> so the 22nd of June, I said we'd do it. And we launched uh, last Friday, the 28th of October. And we did it. And and um, and I said, yeah, it was a very short turnaround. But, you know, I said, I've got good people working for us. Um, and, and I was merely the conductor of the orchestra. I just gave the orders. But it's been a very, very positive, very, very personal project. And, and you know, the, I suppose the objective of the book was threefold. The first was, obviously, to gain respect for a forgotten fish and to show people through recipes how versatile and tasty it is. And the second reason, I suppose, second objective, uh, about a year ago, I overheard a couple of chefs talking about the fact that they said that they had to, female chefs, they had to work twice as hard, achieve twice as much to get the same recognition that male counterparts had to get. And I think this was a very good platform, the book, to showcase the fantastic wealth of female talent we have right across the country in all walks of life. And then again, as I said to you, the third objective was, you know, to support the charity. Because I believe no matter where in the world you live, you all deserve to die in peace and dignity and pain free. And hence, we said we'd support this charity. You know, so so that was the, that was the objective. And, and uh, thankfully, we achieved our goal and we've now moved on to the next project. Fair play to you. Tell us where the book is available from. Where can listeners get their hands on it? Okay, okay. Um, um, the book is in our hands now, and we, we, we basically don't want to give margin to anybody. I'm not taking anything in return for the book, and I don't want to give margin to anybody. Not re- no, no retailer. I just want to. So what we said was, in fact, there's 78 contributors to the book. I'm going to now get the 78 people that contributors to help me sell this book directly if I can, not give away margin. And um, we also have the book available online from our website. And anybody who wants that book will pay 20 euros. The book costs 20 euros. And five euros will deliver that book anywhere in the country or any number of books you want anywhere in the country. It's a flat rate of five euros. In fact, we have sponsored that. So if you want 10, 20, 30 books, five euros will get it delivered anywhere in this country. Um, and, and in the meanwhile, we are now starting to roll this out and, and, and asking bookshops and retailers, will they stock the book? and sell it for, for zero margin so that we can get all the funds for charity. So that's the job at the moment. So we are actually starting to roll it up. But it's available to anybody online immediately, as well as locally. In, 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 and, and a lot of our fishmonger um, customers in Dublin and around southeast have, have agreed that they would sell it in their shops as well. So, you know, um, I'm waiting on, on one or two retailers um, uh, to, to see whether they will actually accept the book and sell it um, in their stores. That would give us national penetration, which would be fantastic. Um, and I'm quite hopeful, but I, I, I haven't got um, a positive um, answer yet. But I, I, I don't know if I'm going to take no for an answer. So let's see what happens. Um, just tell us what the web address is. Is it goatsbridge. www.goatsbridgetrout.ie Every penny goes to charity. Every single penny, twenty euros. Every single penny will go to charity, which is we're, we're very happy about. Well, congratulations with it. It looks like a fantastic book, and I'm sure it will sell like hotcakes. Mike, thanks for talking to me tonight. And thanks for your continued support, Sharon. Really appreciate it. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break I was talking to Mag Kerwin from Goatsbridge in Kilkenny about her cookbook Fishwives which is being sold to raise money for Hospice Africa Uganda. 
Earlier in the show, Georgina Campbell from the infamous Georgina Campbell's Guides told us about the Board Be A Just Ask campaign and we've also heard tonight from the Causeway Coast and Glens Food Network thanks to Joanne McLaughlin. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the full show later in the week on the website SharonNoonan.com or you can have a look for it there on iTunes or use the podcast app. My next interview is from my visit to the BBC Good Food Show in Belfast last month and wasn't I a lucky girl when I ran into Barbara Hughes from Ruby Blue Vodka. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Barbara, gin is very in at the moment. There's gin, new gins popping up everywhere. Not so much vodka, so it's great to see ruby blue vodka. Tell me a bit about it. Well, my husband and I seen this big growth in gin, and when we looked um, at how we could increase our range, at the moment, we well, for seven years now, we've been making fruit liqueurs, things like Irish cassis, but we wanted a more mainstream product. The fact that there are good gins out there, we looked for something else that hadn't been done before. And in Ireland, um, although we've had a few Irish vodkas, they've always been made from grain. And that's simply because it's been the whiskey makers, while they're waiting on the whiskey to be ready, they've maybe launched a gin or a vodka in the meantime. So it wasn't ever an emphasis on the quality of the liquid. It was more about, let's do something while we're waiting the three years one day. So we've done a lot of research and there'd never been an Irish potato vodka before. So that's what we decided it would be all about purity, quality and flavour. And we launched the first ever Irish potato vodka. And when did you launch that? How long has it been on the market? Almost two years now. Um, Within a few months of launching, we actually won the Global Vodka Masters. And a few months later, the New York World Wine and Spirits competition. So um, we are sort of on that level with some of the big global brands, which is lovely, getting big awards that are internationally recognised. Now, am I correct in thinking that pochin is made out of potatoes? Not usually, but everyone comes to the same uh, conclusion. Everyone associates potato vodka with pochin. And I think that's maybe because of the word pochin sounding quite like potato. It has been the word that has stuck in people's minds. But traditionally, pochin, being the Irish word for small pot, was whatever the farmer couldn't sell at market, usually grain. Um, occasionally it would have been potatoes, but even now that they've legalised potching, there's there's no one actually making uh, potato-based potching. So what do you recommend that you serve your vodka with? Vodka, tonic, vodka, coke would be very popular ones that come to mind, but do you have other different suggestions that really complement your vodkas? We, we do actually. Um, as you mentioned, gin is so popular. We've got a lot of love and a lot of hugs from vodka drinkers that have felt a bit left out with um, their friends sitting in the bar with a goldfish bowl and it looks fancy and they're maybe sitting, as you say, with a vodka and coke. So our signature serve is very simple. It's with a quality white lemonade, a slice of green apple and a little sprig of fresh thyme. Um, Really easy ingredients to get your hands on but they taste amazing. They really complement the natural flavour of the vodka and in the glass it looks so pretty that they feel that they've got their special serve as well. Yeah, because drinks have become a bit of a fashion accessory now and you want to have the nice looking glass with the garnish, for example. Yeah, um, it's funny, with our fruit liqueurs, because they are so different and so unique, we were always used to being asked, what do we do with it? Which the most popular serve for them has been with Prosecco. Um, Pimp My Prosecco has been our summer hashtag and it's about having fun with your bubbly and adding a little bit of fruit liqueur. Uh, With the vodka, we didn't expect initially to have that question, but we realised quite quickly that when people drink a more premium drink, they want to know what makes it taste better. 
and the reason we chose green apple is because the vodka is very smooth and the crispness of the green apple brings out the lovely clean textures and clean flavours and the herbiness of the fresh thyme brings out that little bit of earthiness you get from the potato. So you get to naturally complement all those lovely flavours that you're enjoying in the glass. I want to ask you about your liqueurs because you've some very unusual flavours there. The chilli pepper, that looks interesting. Yeah, it's become very popular with cocktail bars. Most cocktail menus now will have um, some version of a spiced cocktail. The most popular would be the Bloody Mary. Um, but there's lots there. There's things like your traditional cocktails or your popular cocktails like Cosmopolitans, uh, Pina Coladas, and the barman will just add a little bit of our chili liqueur and it makes a spiced version. It's also popular at home to add into things like hot chocolate or ice cream. It is a real chili flavour. Again, it's made naturally with whole chilies, so when you taste it, you get heat and flavour. Um, and yeah, it's a very interesting one. It's, it's done very well for us. It's the last of the four liqueurs that we launched. Um, yeah, it's done very well. And the black currant and the wild blueberry fruit liqueurs, you actually source the, the fruits from Ireland yeah, for those? Yeah, we, we grow amazing black currants in Ireland um, and the wild blueberries as well, which are a bit harder to come by. But um, we try to source all of our ingredients as close to home as we can. Um, so the black currants and the blueberries are Irish. The chilli peppers are actually from Thailand and the cranberries we import from Canada. So um, yeah, we don't have any cranberry growers here yet, to the best of my knowledge. Well, tell me a bit about your own background. Is it a farming background? Is it from the drinks industry? How did you get into doing your vodka and your liqueurs? Well, both myself and my husband have worked in the food industry for a long time. And we could see that in the food industry, people were more aware of what was being put into their food. And very slowly but surely in the drinks industry, people were starting to ask questions craft beer was only really starting when we started our business in 2010 but we had a real belief that people wanted flavour they wanted an experience and we we created something that gave them that well they're definitely very unique they look great the packaging and everything is something that you obviously spend a lot of time figuring out to get it just right yeah it's uh, it's my my fourth child really um, coming up with brand names, coming up with images, coming up with all those things. It takes many, many hours to try and get it right. But we are very proud of it and the feedback that we get is, is fantastic. And more importantly, they taste really, really good. Are they widely available throughout Ireland? We are working very closely with SuperValue. So we are in most SuperValue stores, some Centra stores. And you will always find Ruby Blue and your local off-licence and the, the premium off-licences that would have local products or quality products. Um, and also throughout the on-trade, lots of restaurants, bars, we get a lot of love there from the, the tourist trade. And we sell through the airports, both Dublin International and Belfast International Airport in the duty-free. And give a shout out to your website there so people can go online and look it up. Our website is rubybluespirits.com and we're also on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Same title, Ruby Blue Spirits. Barbara, thanks so much for talking to me. I'm looking forward to tasting it now and best of luck for the future. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time, for, for listening. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Great to bump into Barbara in Belfast and do keep an eye out for Ruby Blue Vodka and those fabulous berry liqueurs. So we're at the final interview of the evening and it's to find out more about what's happening during this year's Listole Food Festival. It starts this Thursday and Noel Keane is on the line now. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. 
Noel, the Listowel Food Fair, it's the 22nd year of it and it starts this Thursday. I'd imagine you have a jam-packed programme for people to enjoy. Yes, there is a pretty full programme and a huge diversity on this year. Um, probably the biggest one in a couple of years. So it starts this Thursday and I'm just going to highlight a couple of things that I see here in the programme. You have an art exhibition on the first evening. Yes, it's uh, food-related art, um, of which there is plenty and there is a local artist, um, Amy, who uh, does a lot of, of that as well. So it's just a nice different addition to a food fair. So that's on in the Shanna Key and admission there is free. It starts at half past six and then whenever you've popped in there and had a look, you can head off to the Listowel Arms and you have the Happy Pair. Yes, the Happy Pair, the two hottest guys in food right now. Bowls of energy. And they're opening the food fair for us for the cooking demo. I'd say that'll be very popular. Um, it is close to sold out. And that's when I checked last. So if you want to go get tickets early, we're expecting it to be very full. And if people want to get tickets for that, where should they get them from? Um, at the Lestole Arms Hotel, the number is there on the brochure um, and you can buy direct there. OK, and admission for that is €15. Euros. Yes. And then on Friday, there's lots happening on Friday, more cookery demonstrations at the Lestole Farmers Market. And I think I see your name down there for a demo as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I got roped into one. Yeah, there's um, Lizzie Lines of Lizzie's Kitchen, um, the Mayor of Scribes and myself um, are all doing demos during the farmer's market in, in around us on the day. And have you decided for your cooking up or is that going to be a surprise? Um, no, I'm going to keep it very, very local. Um, I'm going to use some Cronin cider with a dish we do in the restaurant with mussels and smoked garlic as one of them. Um, and I'm going to stick with probably the seafood team because I'm um, Bally Longford, you oysters, so might do a little poached oyster in something as well. That sounds delicious now. So if you're looking for any tasters, I'd say that the audience will be surrounding you like a like a swarm of bees. Well, hopefully they'll enjoy it. As I said, there's, there'll be plenty going on that day for everybody as well. Saturday is a very full day now. Um, there is cooking demos on throughout the day. There is competitions run out throughout the day. Um, if you fancy that you make yourself a good chowder, um, get onto our Facebook page and enter the chowder competition, which is on that morning. Um, um, for Listole Food Fair's Best um, Chowder and the winner gets to represent Listole in the All-Ireland Chowder Competition. Oh, excellent. Is that the one that takes place down in Conceal? Yes, that would be the one. So we're looking for somebody to uh, represent Listole at us. So if you fancy you make yourself a good chowder, get on down on Saturday and, and uh, show us your best. Um, of course, on Friday night, we have Deborah O'Rourke as well giving a, a talk. Um on fitness and, and food. Um, she just brought out a book based on it. Saturday, there's a taste trail in the town on Saturday through the restaurants, and it's free. So there's lots happening there, and also on Friday night, we, we must talk about the, the dinner, the celebration dinner and the awards night. This is a dinner that I was at last year, which was excellent. It's like a tasting menu, and it features products that have been awarded prizes in the Best Emerging Artisan Products and Cheese Awards. Yes, um, so all of the winners of the artisan, um, different artisan products and the cheese awards are all incorporated into the menu. This year it's a nine-course menu. Um, it's on Friday night in the uh, Arms Hotel. Um, and all the awards are given out then on that night to the, to the various winners, and you get to try their product as well. And, of course, we will have the uh, Lestore Food Fair Book of the Year Award as well on, which, which is a, a new event again. Um, so... Friday is a pretty full day between um, demos and obviously the, the main uh, 
dinner that night. Sunday, um, we will be having um, a food hall. So it will be all small artists and food producers who will be in in the function room of the Arms Hotel, um, and you will be able to go around, taste our product. Each of them will give. Um, we'll have a small podium set up. Each of them will give a little talk just on what they do and 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 their, their talks on their food. Um, I will be doing a. 20-minute opening talk on the edible landscape of North Kerry. Um, there's also a craft fair on the same day over in the Shanakee running side-by-side side with us. And the Arms Hotel will have um, a jazz lunch on celebrating 20 years in business. Um, so it's it's uh, all food, food and more food, which we all love. So stretchy pants at the, at the ready, Noel. Yeah, no, nothing tight, I would say, that weekend. Um. <laughs> All right, well, listen, best of luck with it. People can go on to the website there, listoolfoodfair.ie, and all the details of the programme is there. And as you say, anything that you're very interested in going along to, you should go and get the tickets or book for it sooner rather than later to avoid disappointment. Yes, most of the events are filling up pretty quickly. So um, you've, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the webpage there, we're also on Facebook and Twitter, listoolfood. So you can pop on to any of those and keep up to date with what's happening all the time. Okay, super. Noel, thanks so much for talking to us this evening. Not a problem. Thank you for your time. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. That brings us to the end of tonight's Best Possible Taste. Thanks so much for tuning in and, of course, to all of tonight's guests. Georgina Campbell, Joanne McLaughlin, Mike Kerwin, Barbara Hughes and Noel Keane. Until next week, wrap up warm and bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!